This is a more than just podcast production. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of More Than Just Code Podcast. My name is Tim and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm, joined, I'm more than thrilled to be joined by James Thompson in Glasgow, Scotland. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's nice to actually talk to humans and see their faces. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And actually, you've been on quite a few podcasts, as I've caught you on, on a few from time to time as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I it, it's I, I don't think I'd describe myself as a podcaster, but I've right. certainly done enough of them that uh yeah i I, th- I think the the one thing i don't have is my own show because that seems like a lot of work it, you know uh I've, i think i've told this story before but yeah it is i think about the third weekend i went what have i done <laughs> <laughs> what, have, what have i got my side signed up for here yeah that's that's why being a guest is great because you get to turn up do your bit and then just leave and then somebody else has to do all the editing and promotion and everything yeah yeah well i'm on i was i was on i'm on a couple of podcasts with tammy coron um roundabout creative chaos and now we're doing one with um pragmatic programmers and yeah that's exactly why i say yes because i she does make me do more more of the work on the show but still it's 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 nice to not have to do that but that said i've i've been editing the last three or four episodes of pragmatic as well so what can i yeah. you know, it kind of becomes rote you know yep yeah yeah so let's talk about james um you know as as i always joke on the show that pcalc is the official calculator of more than just code <laughs> <laughs> and it is i mean i literally have it installed on my on my i don't do i have it on my watch i don't think i do yeah no i do have it on my watch but i use it on my uh uh, it used to be one of my complications, actually. Now I've changed it out. But anyway, um, yeah, I have it. I switched my my iOS calc- calculator over to pcalc, and I use it on my, my Mac. And I'm, I'm the conversion tool is just that's priceless. It's the the, the best thing I find, you know. Well, I'm, I'm glad it's getting use. Oh, definitely for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. So so tell me, let's let's talk about James and and how you. I mean, it's just looking at one of your blogs here and how you got started in this whole development thing and how it's going. I mean, I got started. Well, it doesn't feel like that long ago, but you know, it's like thirty odd years ago, um, basically. Yeah, um, I did a computer science degree. Uh, at uh, Glasgow University, in fact. And uh, like, I'd never used a Mac before that point. And I'd used an Atari ST. Um, and, and I get sort of a time check in terms of where you gra- when you would have graduated? So I graduated in 94. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, and when I finally uh, used a Mac, I, I realized, A, that it had been a complete, the ST had been a complete ripoff of the user interface of the Mac. And be how really well thought out it was and things like that. And it was kind of my my favorite course was one on user interface design, which basically every uh, lesson, they basically took an aspect of the Mac, like the open save panels or something like that, and just went through it in great detail. And like, it was all about, you know, why decisions were made the way they were and like what you know, the importance of user testing and, and all these kind of things. So it, it, that was a really great introduction into the sort of user interface design. And as part of that course, one of the things that I did, or one of the projects was we had to design a central heating control panel 
uh, in hypercut. Nice, yeah. And so I like being the overachiever that I was. Am uh, I drew uh, like a fake uh, LCD font and like little buttons and stuff and made it look as best as I could on a one-bit Macintosh screen. And after that. I was trying to work out how to learn how to program the Mac. And I realized that I had this LCD fake font and these buttons. And I was like, I could put that together and I could make a calculator. And that was it. And that's where that, those graphics came from. And uh, yeah, the first version came out December 92. Um, and that was kind of the, the start of my programming career. So the first app I ever wrote is the one that I'm currently still writing. I have done other things along the way, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, you did, you did, uh, didn't you drag thing was your thing back in the day? Yeah. yeah I used to have that yeah. on my Macs and, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I've, I've used, I think I've, I, I mean, I love the fact that, you know, I, I don't really use it, but I love the fact that I have PCALC on my Apple TV. And yeah. of course, on my watch, and you know, I think uh, I think if you could put it on an air tag, you probably would, right? Yeah, <laughs> or yeah, a HomePod. I mean, it, it's um, it's a really good sort of way to uh, learn a new thing. Like it, that's what I was doing with with the first version because I wanted to pick a, a kind of small project to get started with programming. And and it's like when the iPhone came out, it's like, well, I've got a small, you know, I've got the the logic code, and I can port that over fairly easily, and let's see if I can write a an iPhone interface around it. And so, yeah, it's the same as true. Like when there's an AR headset, you know you can guarantee that I will be porting my code onto it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, it's funny because I, I, I was teaching an iOS course in 2011, 2012, 20, I guess all the way up to 2014. And um, calculator was one of the things we, we taught them. We, you know, because it's, it's, it's a great lesson, you know, how to put a button on, how to make an outlet and, you know, an IB action attached to, you know, like, have the numbers act as uh, as the input and you know the four calculations basically the the basic calculations and then teaching them about not dividing by zero you know yeah. <laughs> always important yeah or you'll crash your app yeah and then that's lots of fun cool and um yeah so and but but lately you've been i guess um I don't play Dungeons and Dragons, but I but I, I get the idea that there's this dice concept and you've been playing around with the dice on some of the yeah. apps you've been making lately. So um, the, the the genesis of that was um, so like fast or uh, rewind back like four five years and there was rumors then that Apple was going to do something in the AR space you know like headset and I wanted to learn three uh, D graphics programming um, I'd done some at university uh, but you know computers were quite different back in like ninety four. Um, and uh, so I started playing around with 3D graphics stuff and the PCALC's about screen uh, grew out of that. And, and I was just sort of playing around, seeing what you could do with Apple's 3D engines. And I had then, you know, I, I did that for a number of years, just sort of playing and learning stuff. And uh, I started playing D&D with friends. Um, there's a podcast, Total Party Kill, uh, on the incomparable and played with like a number of people that people might know from the the mac world jason snell mike hurley people like that and uh jason made an offhand comment at one one of those sessions saying i'm surprised you haven't made a 
a dice app yet. And I thought, wow, oh, right. how hard can that be? <laughs> yeah, because you've already done the bananas at the Easter yeah, thing, I, right? I, I, there were actually like uh, your standard six-sided dice where you could do them in the peacock about screen as well. You could throw them around. Right. So I had already worked out the, sort of the basics of it. And I figured, yeah, I can, I can use my knowledge of that and I can make a dice app. So I gave myself a week, which was quite, a sh- you know, for somebody who's made like, you know, half a dozen apps in his entire career, this, you know, making a new app from scratch is something. Um, and I thought, well, I'll give myself, it actually took me two weeks, but that wasn't bad. And I got it on the store from like hitting new project to like being ready for sale in two weeks. Uh, of course, I didn't really stop there. And I have done a, a lot more to it since i mean financially it's not like the best investment of my time but in terms of learning it really is because there's a lot of stuff um where it, it between both dice and peacock um if apple comes out with a new uh, technology and it's something that i want to explore like a ar stuff or or whatever it is uh i can often find a use for it and i'll i'll like experiment with stuff but then i'll ship the experiments you know right uh, so so do you like as we moved from objective c to swift and now to swift ui do you do you roll bits and pieces into your apps that way or yeah it's like so in uh dice the preferences window and the widgets are all swift ui there's a there's it's mostly objective c in the apps because like peacock has been around for a long time and it generally doesn't make sense to rewrite an app from scratch but if there's new stuff i'll try and do that in swift or some swift ui um and yeah going forward i'll probably focus more on swift ui and things like that but i mean that that's like dice i used as an experiment for catalyst to see what the current state of the art was in in like using your your iphone code and running that on the mac uh as a way to look at what would it be like in the future if that was a way that I would do PCALC and things like that. So it's all about sort of experimenting and learning and um, hopefully coming up with something that's also fun for people to use. Um, sure. and, and the dice thing is also, I would say, like I started the 3D about screen stuff in PCALC in 2016, which was politically uh, an interesting year, I think we could say. And... Uh, I've been doing a lot of dice stuff over the last, you know, 18 months, which has also been somewhat of an interesting time period. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a mental health thing. It's like, give me, it, it's fun to work on stuff like 3D graphics and things. So it's a, it's an, an outlet for creativity, uh, in a way that kind of like, you know, just sort of cheers me up a bit. Right, yeah. yeah I've, been actually, I've got a 3D printer over my shoulder here that I've been playing around with making bits and pieces for my house, you know, like fixing mm-hmm. the air conditioning. I've fixed a Roomba by making a gear for it, you know, and yeah, I, I mean, make my uh, own toys, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know, if I've got half an hour or an hour and I, I just want to like chill out or do something i could design another set of like virtual dice that go in the app and you know there's a little creative project by itself uh and yeah i mean i mean all of this stuff is about i mean yes it's about making a living and that's why i sell the apps um but it's also about you know trying to learn and do stuff that's fun and kind of try not to burn out too much i guess Right. So let's talk about the business side. So, so are you 
what you would consider a truly independent indie developer? Or are you? Yeah, I mean, it, it's like the the company. It's myself and my wife, and we've been doing it like the company's existed since ninety seven. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's uh, pays our salaries and keeps the lights on. So you know, it, it's not it's not like uh, retiring money, but it's you know, it, it's a good living and I've, I've definitely got no complaints on that front. Sure. So like in, like in the nineties when you were doing things like, did you have like uh, I know you had drag thing, but did you have any other products like that that you were developing at the time? And what was, what was the financial landscape like for a developer back in those days? So um, drag thing uh, came out, I think it was 95. And uh, shortly after that in 96, I worked for Apple for four years. So that was kind of like what kept me busy right, right, in that yeah. time. Yeah. And I was working on the Mac OS X dot partially because of my work on DragThing. And after I left Apple, um, and I, I should state that none of my code actually shipped. I worked on the thing for like nearly nice. two years and none of my code shipped, but that's another story. Anyway, um, after that, I went back to working on DragThing. And DragThing was really the sort of major financial uh, thing. And Peacock was kind of had lain dormant for a while. Um, you know, I'd come back to it every now and again when I was trying to learn something new. But uh, uh, DragThing, you know, uh, bought the house or the flat that I'm currently living really? in. Really? Wow. Yeah. And uh, it did very well. And, I mean, at that point, I was selling it at $29 because back then, you know, the, the market was not quite the race to the bottom, you know, everything's yeah, free. Definitely, yeah, definitely, uh, So, you know, because I was selling for a, a decent amount, um, we, we did very well out of it. Uh, and, you know, that I think drag thing naturally came to the end of its life because uh well i mean it came to its end of its life because it was written in carbon i wasn't going to rewrite it and then apple killed all the carbon stuff sure uh, yeah when catalina came around but even then it had been on a, a sort of downward slope for a while and as it was going down uh when i did the iphone version of peacock it sold extremely well and uh so it was on the up so that's kind of where my time went uh, just because it, it was clear that that was going to be the driver of income. Um, and now still, like, the the iPhone version is probably, well, iPhone iOS version is probably, like, 80% of our revenue or something. Wow, that's interesting. And, uh, the Mac version is probably, you know, uh, 10%, 15%. Uh, the rest of it's probably dice, you know. As I say, dice is not like the financially wise thing to spend time on, or even if it's the fun thing to spend time on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's doing well. I mean, I, I think, like, our, our sales have been down, I think, a bit since the pandemic. Um, because, I mean, I think everybody's uh, in a more difficult situations than they were so that, that's kind of not surprising um but it it's certainly a, a, enough to live on and you know that that's all i think you really need is is enough you know i i, I never want to be the person who's like trying to make money at any cost if you see what i mean I, yeah i know yeah yeah I, I just need to like make enough that we can live and get on with life yeah, be comfortable. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's kudos to you. I mean, that, that uh, you know, I suffered through, we had a couple of good years when we first got into iOS development specifically, because um, I had pivoted over from managed services and Mac support and stuff like that. 
Um, but, uh, yeah. And then, and then 2015 was when the bottom sort of fell out, you know, yeah, for everybody, I think, you know, um, yeah, no, it's interesting. I, so I'm curious too about like, cause I do talk about the, the shareware days with the kids on the show because they don't, they don't <laughs> remember those days when we had retail boxes, but I mean, was, was drag thing and, and peak out with those, did you make floppies and put them in cardboard boxes and ship them around the world or? No, uh, I think like when I started like, uh, peak out was 92. So that was pre web. Right. And, yeah. and that was mainly, you know, it would be uploaded onto the InfoMac archives and, you know, uh, uh, tidbits was still going up then and, mm. uh, or still going now. Uh, but you know, that you could get the word out pretty well on stuff. And there were some, some points where, yeah, it looked like we might get a box copy in Japan or some, some, you know, strange, uh, deals would be made, but that never really came in to anything. And I, you know, it, Apple kind of like tries to suggest that, uh, People could only sell software over the internet once the app stores came along. Right. But, you yeah. know, we, we were doing it, uh, well, yeah, many years before, yeah. t- 10 years back. Um, yeah. and we used Kagi for the payment processing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, things like that. So, you know, I don't know if we were ahead of our time, but it, it was kind of, it always seemed archaic to have like physical things that you shipped <laughs> around the world. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much, I think in my experience was, you know, getting, getting, you know, um, third party things as we call it, um, you know, shareware, that kind of stuff. For me, it was a little bit of floppy, floppy disks, but a lot of times I think, yeah, I think 93 was when eWorld sort of came around and that's when I jumped on the web web and, and, you know, discovered things like Kaji and, and, you know, mm. bought software on you know, by downloading a, a DMG file, right. You know, and, yeah. and running it. Right. So, and then once I discovered DMGs, I never went back to floppies, you know? So. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it was kind of like, it was an interesting time because I think it was it was a small market, but it was a very enthusiastic one. Um, right, yeah. You know, because like the kids won't remember when Apple was this tiny company, right? Yeah. You know, rather than like the biggest company in the world, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I mean, I don't know what the size of the market was, but it, it was it was a it was a kind of felt like a nice friendly um, environment to do software in, and like when I was doing drag things. There was, you know, I knew like half a dozen people who also worked on docs of some description. So yeah, it, it was, it was a, it was a nice environment that you know we could sh- share stuff. And even though you were kind of notionally competing with people, it was right. kind, kind of like it was the sort of the traditional rising tide lifts all boats thing. And right, uh, yes, right, right. And I remember like, you know, for, as a consumer of apps at that point in time, um, you know, I was like the lone Mac user in a, in a company of PC users. And, and, um, you know, I remember, you know, you know, thinking like it was kind of this, this connection to the people on the outside selling things, you know, on Apple and, um, make, making floppies for me to install apps and stuff like that, which was great. Yeah. And, um, after I graduated from uni, I, uh, worked as a sysadmin looking after Mac labs at the university that I, I went to, um, which also gave me a great chance to kind of learn more of my skills in, in coding and stuff. Um, and so that was a really great start to my career. And, and Apple obviously was a, was a really good, uh, environment and stuff as well to, to, to go from like, 
you know, just looking at the names of the people in the Finder About screen to actually getting to the point where you are about to put your own name in in that nice, uh, yeah. thing yeah. is is mm. kind of a, a wild ride for four years, basically from from my first app to to being being there. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I, I I think I was extremely lucky of the time that I started in this, and uh, I I can't imagine really what it would be like to start fresh in the industry now you know because the app stores have got millions of apps on them um pretty much anything you can think of exists yeah so uh, you know i because pcalc has been around for nearly 30 years people know it people know me and i think that helps you know with sales uh because marketing i've never been great at marketing it's always like because you know i'm I'm doing pretty much all the you know the writing the code designing things the tech support my wife does like all the money stuff and anything that involves sensible decisions and i do all the not so sensible <laughs> decisions she's, she's uh, the adult in the room yeah okay. yes um, <laughs> I, and yeah so so it, it it's been uh yeah as i say luck i think i, I think I don't want to put it entirely down to luck, but I think a lot of it's luck and being in the right place at the right time and being right, around. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, there's there's not many Mac apps still around that have been around that length of time. I mean, BB Edit is kind yeah, of, for sure, yeah, um, and and the likes of I think Fetch is still around and and all these people, but we're kind of like we. I I feel like I still remember when I was you know the young upstart and then somehow i've become like a village elder yeah the old man on the hill yeah yeah <laughs> as as my beard slowly uh, uh grays and the stripes yeah. come in at the sides and, yeah i'm yeah. a little bit beyond you on that one but yeah it's, and it's funny but you know I, and the kids won't understand this until they're our age but yeah you, you don't feel any different right no absolutely not and that that's the thing that nobody tells you is you still feel like you're you know that um 18 year old or whatever yeah exactly um, and i i was thinking this the other day and this is i don't know if this is a, a bleak thought or, or not but it was just the realization of like when i was young i thought a lifetime was like this tremendously long period of time mm. and now just as i'm approaching 50 slightly away to go i realized that a lifetime isn't a long period of time at all and it, it is just like oh is that i think that's the kind of the shift in perspective that comes mm. um and yeah i mean like i i i'm constantly impressed by the sort of the young developers who are coming into the business and doing things and you know like just blowing everybody away with like things and iterating on apps and uh it's an exciting business to be in uh i think still uh i but you know a difficult one you know i think that's got to be yeah i mean it's amazing when you think about it i mean like like i graduated 10 years before you and you know i graduated the i remember when the mac was announced on the radio like you know and seeing the commercials on TV. And I, I didn't see, a, I mean, I'd seen an Apple at that point in time, but I, I didn't see a Mac till maybe, you know, three or four years after I graduated. But, 
and and thinking about like you know i have i've resurrected it's an sc30 behind me here that i've put in a clear case yeah. and and uh and got it back up and running i washed the logic board in in dish soap <laughs> <laughs> to wash off the the, the spilled ca- capacitors right and it's it runs now and and you know so i have a few older macs and i hook them up and i plug them in and i turn them on and i'm like now what do i do there's no ethernet port there's no internet you know I've, all i can get in and out of it is a floppy disk right so i uh have been getting emulators set up at various points in time so like early right, 90s yeah, yeah. late 90s and so on so i can put on them development tools of the period oh and well, my, yeah and my source code of the period so i can build pcalc 1.0 nice yeah so if there's any bugs in it i can go back i could fix those bugs now we know what to do right (laughs) Um, i have i have a system six or seven running on my ipad here right so through an emulator and and i've you know installed photoshop one on it and gone through a lot that's a lot of fun i was actually thinking about that because i've got actually got i found my dave mark book from you know uh writing sc on the mac (laughs) from the old with the old cold warrior example code right yeah um, and I was thinking, like, I wonder, yeah, can you still go back and write, you know, stuff for, for Carbon yeah. or whatever, right? I mean, you absolutely can. It's like I had Think Pascal installed, and I was using right. that. Um, I, and it, it's it's interesting because, like, we've come so far, and also it doesn't feel like we've come far, enough, yeah. far at all. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it's, it's a strange feeling of, like, when you go back to a Mac that's, you know, 25 years old or more, you know, approaching 30 years old. And it's like, it's kind of the same. It's like, you know, menu bar and icons. And and I, I think somebody who used a Mac in 1984, if you put them in front of like a current you know, M1 Mac, they'd still be able to kind of figure it out. Oh, for sure, um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's that kind of like consistency um, that I, I enjoy. I mean, it's, you know, I, I'm certainly somebody who, like, if Apple makes some user interface change that I don't like, will complain about it and, you know, say, oh, I was much better back in the day kind of thing. Right. But, <laughs> These crazy kids and their, you know, Apple yeah. TV interface and wiggly icons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I think that's just, um, that's something that I need to get over. <laughs> I think we've earned the right to be a little curmudgeonly, right? Oh, a little. I mean, I think I'm sort of like I'm, I'm kind of mid curmudgeon. You know, I haven't fully uh, evolved into my final form, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, I can't, I can't complain about that. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, I have another section of the show where we we I I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but I. Uh, on roundabout creative chaos i had a wish list of, of guests that i would put on and, and tammy was meant to reach out to them and you were always on my list of, of someone i wanted to talk to so i'm really glad that you're here and uh so i uh we used to ask some questions on on the, uh to sort of you know give people to talk something to talk about and if you're willing i'd like to ask you some of these random questions they're not Totally sure. random in that they're they're based on the work of Marcel Proust. In fact, I've gone back and and poached the, some of the questions from him. So if, if you're happy, I'll uh, I'll hit you with them. Sure, let's go for it. All right. So the first one is, what is your motto? Ooh. Um, I guess professionally, my motto would be something like always be learning. You know, because it's 
it's the only, it's it's a way to keep your brain working and young yeah, for sure, and, yeah. and you know th- there's always new technologies and new things and you know it's like just looking at an ipad with a lidar sensor on it and you're moving around and building a 3d map of a room and doing whatever with it it's like can't imagine that kind of thing 30 years ago so yeah it, it, i think that's it um yeah well i'll go with that all right cool uh, who are your heroes in real life? Ooh. Oh, that is a, I mean, I can talk about programming heroes. That's, that's sure. kind of like yeah. a, a, an easy one. Um, the guy that kind of inspired me to learn how to program is a British game developer called Jeff Minter, who wrote games for like Commodore 64 and is still writing games now. Uh, and when I was kind of a kid and growing up and playing games, he had all these games that were really sort of uh, unique and like stamped with his personality. And he always put his name in big letters on on like the front. So it was like, hey, like a single person made this thing. And that kind of like, well, can I do that? And, and that was really, that was my, um, you know, that, that, that was what, genuinely got me into this business uh and i've talked to him occasionally on twitter and told him that and i don't know that he was particularly impressed but right you know. <laughs> um but yeah i would go with that from from that perspective uh, okay cool um who are your favorite writers ah now you could take that in a multitude of ways yeah um uh, from a fiction point of view as people who know me will know Douglas Adams is extremely high on the list. And there's a reason that there's a 42 uh, on the icon. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and actually Douglas was a beta tester for a drag thing. So we regularly, well, semi-regularly at least talked back and forth. And he, he would say things like, Oh, could you add support for like this entirely different scripting language? And I was like, Sure. Yeah, I'll I'll do that. <laughs> no problem. Um, and that's why there was frontier scripting support in, in Drag Thing. Um, it and I met him uh, at WWDC once, and he was very kind and sort of you know knew who I was and gave me his time. And, uh, yeah. But I, you know, I've, I've loved his books, and you know, uh, similar Terry Pratchett people like that. It, it, it's. That's kind of like whenever I try and write something, if I can channel, you know, just like 10% of either of the two of them, you know, I think I'm doing well. Cool. All right. What's your most treasured possession? Huh. Um, well, uh, okay. Hang on. <laughs> Good thing we're on video. Yeah, I don't know if this counts, but um, people of a certain age will recognize. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Lego Galaxy Explorer circa 78, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that is not my original uh, from my kid, from when I was a kid. Um, I thought I had it, and I certainly had the little ones. And then I was going through my parents' attic trying to find all the pieces for these things. And I kept looking and kept looking. I couldn't find the pieces. So I eventually ordered off eBay basically that's it and i built it and i realized 
I'd never owned it in the first place. Like oh, really? it just yeah. didn't feel familiar, but I'd created this memory in my head that I'd owned that big ship. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love those um, old classic space uh, Lego sets and I've got quite a few of my original childhood ones around. Um, there's probably a better answer to that, that I should say something like my wedding ring or whatever, but you know, I'm, I'm going to go with that. Like, <laughs> well, it's funny because we, we I, I think we might actually have, we have some of those pieces. I recognize some of them because we have, we've kept all the Lego from over the years when the kids are all grown up now. Right. So what's we'll it have, to, have yeah. to dig around? I'm sure they all know whether, whether we, they had that one for sure. But, uh, you know, the, my co-host on Spotcast, Jonathan is my stepson. He's, is his Lego. He'd probably remember if he had that one. <laughs> sure. So what is your favorite word? Yeah. See, these are getting harder and harder. I think they're all hard. Um, my favorite word. I'm going to go with yes. Oh, really? Because I think that is, uh, I've tried not to say no to things. You know, like um, along the way, you know, whatever opportunities come along, just try it. Go with it. Sure. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, I think that's probably a, too simplistic an answer for this, but yeah, I'll go with that. All right. What's, uh, let's see. Hmm. I got a pick list here. Hmm. Where would you most like to live? Here. Definitely. Um, Scotland. Uh, I love it. Uh, it's a lot more sensible than south of the border. Uh, I had the opportunity to move to California and I didn't want to. Uh, so I didn't, uh, I say opportunity, threat. Uh, yeah. the same. Um, you know, I, I, I like a lot of stuff about the Bay Area uh, and stuff, but uh, I, I kind of like Scotland. Uh, and, you know, uh, I grew up like my, my parents lived, you know, about five minutes away in their first place. And I went to university like two minutes down the road. And, you know, I've been around, I've been to other places, but yeah, this is a nice place. The weather could be better, but, uh, other than that. Yeah. I was going to ask you, ask you earlier. So what's the developer community like in, in Glasgow and. Um, so, uh, the, there is developer community and like going back a while, there was, uh, we, we have a, there was a group Mac Mac dev which was like a Scottish developer group. And we met up quite a bit. Um, I think a lot of those people have kind of gone their separate ways. And, you know, some of them have ended up at Apple. Some of them have ended up at other companies. And uh, so we don't meet up quite as often as we used to. Uh, but I think the internet has kind of, I wouldn't say it's reduced the need for a local uh, groups, but it, it's definitely made it a lot easier to be part of like a bigger uh, group than just just a sort of a lot to a particular geography yeah i mean the pandemic's obviously like we have a local toronto area group um that i used to go to but yeah it's kind of just become a very you know, quiet slack channel lately you know yeah how's that how's the pandemic affected you in your daily life and i mean it's an interesting thing because like we've been working from home for 20 years so that right, wasn't yeah. new you know, right. and we have a nice office setups and, and all that. Uh, so that didn't change. It was just everything else outside uh, these four walls changed. Um, I, 
and it's been you know it's been difficult and it's been difficult for everyone i'm uh, extremely lucky because my job could keep just keep going the way it was um and uh we're we're still making a decent income and a lot of people haven't been in that situation we have people in the building like there's a lot of medics live uh in this building and like there's a, a woman above me who you know has worked on covid front lines and uh, it just reminds you of how lucky you are to have a, a job that is you know I, is it I would. I don't want to say it's easy because there are definitely there have been a lot of challenges over the last eighteen months. You know, just in terms of mental health and trying to keep working and keep doing stuff. And uh, you know, I've had a bunch of health issues and stuff which haven't really helped. And you know, lots of people have. Um, but you know, we, we've been doing okay. Like we've not. Like we go around to my parents once a week and bring them shopping and and stuff like that, and we've been doing that since the start. Um, we're not seeing too many people face to face, and we're not seeing people inside. Um, you know, even though we're both twice vaccinated at this point, there's still a certain hesitancy. I think just in kind of getting. I mean, like all the restrictions got lifted on Monday here. Like oh, other than masks in shops and uh, on public transport, and so all the the pubs and things are now, you know, in full swing. And I don't feel a particular draw to go into any of those situations right now. You know, um, it's difficult. I mean, I I don't know. People talk say you know, oh, we're in a it's post pandemic, and I'm like. It really isn't, you know. We're mid-pandemic. Let's let's see how things go um, before, you know. But you've got to yeah, do your best and try and. Uh, I, I've had a lot more reliance on online communications, you know, Zooms and Facetimes and things like that, and I think that's helped a lot. And and recording podcasts as well, you know, you've got a regular yeah, sure. yeah. talking to people. Yeah, well, and we we started using Zoom about two, three years before the pandemic came along. So, but uh, yeah, it's it's nice. Um, all right, next question: uh, Who's your favorite hero of fiction? Hmm, hero of fiction. I mean, this is just repeating my previous answer, but it's got to be Arthur Dent from. <laughs> I was going to say, I was afraid to answer the question, but I mean, I just love that sort of. Um, every man in his dressing gown just kind of like going through all these big adventures and just wanting a decent cup of tea. You know, I can, right, I right. can relate. So what did you think of the, the, the Hollywood version of Hitchhiker's Guide? I've seen it once. I didn't particularly like it. I know I should go back and watch it again with, a, with like the decade plus of uh, difference from it. God, it's probably more like two decades now. I don't want to think about that. Um, because I think Douglas died like twenty years ago or something. Has it been that long? I don't know. I I, I don't want to say that without actually looking that up. But um, yeah, I quote him all the time. Yeah, yeah, he died May two thousand and one. So wow, it's, it's more than twenty years. Because I don't think he saw the iPod even. You know? Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, Crazy. I was due to meet him at a WWDC, like, and we talked about it like weeks before, and he died like just before the WWDC, and that 
that hit me like no other kind of celebrity death really had. Um, I think Steve Jobs to a certain extent as well. Uh, but Douglas, it was just strange because we had been talking, you know, and we were like, I, I had said something about, you know, meeting up and saying hello. Uh, and yeah, so that was yeah, that's sad. one of those things. Well, I quote him all the time. I love the love the line about technology. You know that we're we're surrounded by all this technology. We just want things that work. I think all like the internet would be helpful if it was working right now. <laughs> well, yes, I'm also rapidly heading towards the age Douglas was when he died. Oh, yeah, which is is one because he died at forty nine. I'm, I'm really wow. Mm. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean th- that was that was one of the things. Like, I think it was when I turned forty-three or something. I realized that Steve Jobs was forty-three when he stepped up on the stage and introduced the iMac. Oh, really? Well, really? And that, yeah, yeah. And that was one of those moments of like, oh, what have I done with my life? <laughs> Mind you, he was fired from Apple when he was thirty. What were you like? You know, we weren't we weren't that popular either well no but you know i i think uh i i was in the audience for that imac uh reveal because i oh, was nice oh. i was actually working on the imac i didn't know i was but i was working on the oh, imac cool. team at that point so we hmm. got to go along to the flint center and see that demo but but yeah i mean i was i was thinking well he's a proper grown-up and then when i'm 43 i'm thinking well i'm not a proper grown-up <laughs> Yeah, you're just a 17 year old in really old skin. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, I think we'll do what do you consider your greatest achievement? Greatest achievement. I mean, I mean, managing to sell the same app for 29 years P-calc, is, yeah. is probably going to be up there just because it's kind of rare. Um, mostly staying sane. Uh, yeah i mean i i think it has has to be peacock because i mean between peacock and drag thing it's kind of like um that's been my income for you know uh the majority of my life and uh i've done pretty well out of it so yeah i don't have kids so you know if, if i had kids i would say oh of course the kids but Name one. You'd have to name one PCAL or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they would not appreciate that. No, for sure. Um, yeah, so we're just going to wrap up. So why don't you, uh, can you tell our, our listeners and watchers and viewers where they can find you and get in touch with you and what you're what you're working on besides PCAL and DICE? Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, if you want to find me, the best place is on Twitter, and that's James Thompson, and it's Thompson without a P. Um, and uh peakout.com generally has all all the the main apps that i'm working on now tla.systems is the company one but that's really just links to peakout um and yeah what am i working on now well i'm i'm exploring all the 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 new stuff in ios 15 and mac os 12 and seeing what i can put together for the the autumn, the autumn, which is a lot closer than I would like it to be. You know, we're probably six weeks away. Yeah, it's I, coming up. And yeah. I wouldn't say that I've got anything particularly great to show for my summer um, work so far, but, you know, 
I I feel that everybody should cut themselves a bit of slack uh, because you know we're like we're now in the second year of doing this and and I think everybody's emotionally and physically burnt out and it's just like yeah do what you can Come this has been another episode of the more than just code podcast if you want to find out more about the show you can visit the more than just code website at mtjc.fireside.fm there you can find a summary and show notes of each episode we list links to the apps code and news that we mentioned on the show if you like the podcast tell your friends leave a comment on the website or write a review on itunes and please recommend us in your favorite podcatcher all of these things help others find out about the show we really appreciate your help with spreading the word we're also on twitter facebook and instagram we'd love to hear from you so use the hashtag AskMTJC, and we may mention you on the show friends of the show can also join us on the podcast slack channel once again the podcast twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast Please consider supporting the show by pledging any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. Every dollar pledged helps a lot. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Nice to finally meet you sort of in real, real life, I guess, you know, <laughs> with, with an animated face. We'll, it's the closest we'll get for a while. I yeah, for sure. For sure. I think we just, we just uh, barely missed each other in 2019 in San Jose, right? I think you were, you had just left. Um, 2019 or was it 2018? I was tw- there 2018. I don't think I made it 2019, okay. but honestly, what are years? I yeah that's true no i mean we did it i did a pin, a pin exchange with it with an associate of yours actually i think i gave you ah, a, that was a, more than just code one and i got one of your uh your fabulous pins as well so i think yeah what did i get from you i can't remember uh, it was probably in 2019 it would have been a panda maybe yeah it's over there in the closet where all my wwc pins are so yeah great to have you on the show um so where are you actually in the world right now so i'm in Glasgow in Scotland, okay, which is cool. uh, where I was born. Uh, nice. Well, did you know I started grade one in Glasgow in, in Irvine, actually? No, I did not know. Yeah, my mother. My mother was. My mother grew up in Irvine, and um, yeah, so we used to have a house down there. And uh, on our way back from uh, Asia, we stopped in in uh, Scotland for six months while my dad came to Canada to, to you know to start the new uh, the new life and. Um, yeah, so I started grade. I did. I did nursery school in. I think it was. I don't know if it was in London or whatever, or England somewhere. And then, because um, I was born in Saint Albans in near London, right? And um, mm-hmm. but yeah, on the way back, we we stayed with my grandfather in in uh, Irvine, which is I think it's a suburb of Glasgow, or it's sort of. I think it's street. possibly just outside Glasgow. I, my knowledge is shaky. I'm gonna have to look. That yeah, up. but it was a long, long time ago. Obviously, for me, right? <laughs> I used to love going to school in England. You know, but. What can I say? It's different here in Canada. We don't. We didn't get. I don't know if you, when you were growing up, they had the little pint of milk they used to give you with the cream on top. Yeah, we got reason. things like that. Yeah. Um, so, Irvine, just for the record, is twenty six miles south of Glasgow. Ah, just good. Good to know. Good to Not know. Not too far. Well, thank you very much for being on the show.
Ah, no problem. Sorry for whatever technical glitches were going on there. Well, that's, you know, I'm surprised we actually, I just spoke to uh, John Wilker in Colorado yesterday and we, I mean, audio, we had issues, but, you know, I'm surprised we're actually able to speak to each other across continents as it were, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's amazing. Like we couldn't have done this, you know, 20 years ago, right? Yeah. Totally. We'd be doing it on a modem, just typing back and forth <laughs> <laughs> on the world, waving at each other. Yeah. Thanks, James. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye.